This is the Voice Over Work podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services. Today is Friday, August 27th, 2021. On the podcast today, we'll take a little deeper look into a book introduced in a previous podcast with a chapter-by-chapter look at the Study Skills Handbook, How to Ace Tests, Get Straight A's, and Succeed in School, written by Peter Hollins, narrated by Russell Newton. Chapter 1, Making the Most of Classroom Time. Whether you're a school or university student or an adult learner, and no matter the subject you're tackling, you obviously appreciate the value of learning. But if you picked up this book, you also understand that there's value in a kind of meta-learning, i.e. learning how to learn. Isn't it strange how many of us simply take for granted the processes by which we learn new information? Maybe we think that good intentions, a bit of intelligence, and enough hard work are all it takes to succeed at our chosen study. While nobody would argue you don't need these things, the truth is that becoming good at learning seldom happens by accident. We need to have a proven, practical strategy for exactly how we're going to get the most out of the study process. This is what this book is about. We're going to cover all those study skills that you weren't taught at school, but should have been. There will be a few familiar ideas in the chapters that follow, like how best to tackle tests, boost your memory, or draw up a study plan. But be prepared for a few unexpected ideas, too. The best thing is that even once you're done studying or aced your test, the approaches and techniques that you'll learn here will continue to be useful to you all throughout life. Let's start in the most obvious place, the classroom. One of the greatest study skills you could hope to master is listening. You've heard it all before, but listening is not a passive process, and it's definitely not the same as merely hearing. If up until now you've simply turned up to classes or lectured and sat down without a plan, well, you've been missing out. Listening is really a multi-stage process in which we receive, digest, and respond to the information that we hear. So, chapter 2, Subject Mastery, Teaching Others. You might wonder why a book on learning would include a section on teaching. Rather than teaching and learning being opposites, they're really two aspects of the same single process. In understanding both, we gain a fuller appreciation than if we had examined the subject from just one side or the other. There is unexpected value in observing how others synthesize information. First, you'll see how someone else learns and absorbs information. Sometimes, you can visibly see someone's face light up when they get it. And this is no small feat in the process of learning. Second, you'll see how the act of teaching improves the learning of the teacher. In observing how people synthesize information, you can improve upon how you do it. Understanding both sides of the coin is a helpful exercise. This, of course, is the process of teaching others to help you yourself learn. This chapter is about how learning to effectively teach others is a great method of learning in itself and a good skill to have in general. The Learning Pyramid Have you ever had the experience of thinking you know something and yet the moment you try to explain that to someone else, it all seems to fall apart? Suddenly, 
you don't feel so confident in your understanding. Using mind maps and notes are great ways of externalizing info so we can manipulate it clearly. But teaching others is the gold standard in externalization and quickly reveals any gaps or faulty assumptions in our own mental models. The infamous learning pyramid, also called the cone of experience, sheds light on why being able to teach is vital. In fact, much of what we talk about dances around the spectrum of more passive learning as less useful and more active learning as more impactful. This is what... Chapter 3. Making a Plan and Managing Your Time. Your Perfect Study Environment. Let's get organized. Now, before we begin, I know a lot of this is not exactly going to look like rocket science. The thing is, though, something can be simple without being easy. So many of us just dive right into our studies without a second thought because we wrongly assume that the best practice is so obvious that we'll do everything right without trying. Admit it. You've sat down with a textbook and a highlighter, ready to study without a very clear idea of what that actually means. First things first, the right location. If you have access to a school or university library or a quiet room with a desk at home or at work, then that's a great place to start. Not all of us have a lot of choices when it comes to where we study, but we can always work with what we have. You may have a split schedule that means you study in several places throughout the day. Depending on your own unique cognitive preferences and thresholds for stimulus, you may work best in a deadly silent room with zero distractions. Or you may benefit from the so-called coffee shop effect, where you get in the zone when surrounded by gentle white noise around you. Where to study? Spare a moment to actually consider how your study needs are currently being met by the available options in your life. The following are certainly good to have, but you may prioritize them differently or simply not care about certain criteria. A good source of light, so you can read and write without strain. Natural light in the day and an adjustable lamp at night are great. A computer or device, if you need one, with appropriate software. All your study materials in one place, properly organized and within reach. A desk and proper. Chapter 4. Memory Techniques So, you've made yourself organized, created a realistic study plan, and gotten your mindset clear by making your workspace clear. The stage is set. Let the studying begin. In this chapter, we dive right into the cognitive skill you're probably thinking of most when you imagine yourself preparing for an important exam, memory. The bad news is that few of us are naturally gifted with the ability to effortlessly remember everything without trying. But the good news is that almost everyone can learn to make the best of their brain's natural competencies and improve their memory without cramming. The key is to understand how your brain naturally likes to process and store information and then work with rather than against these preferences. Technique 1. Use Images a picture really is worth a thousand words. Studies done at the MIS Research Center at the University of Minnesota finds that we process visual data 60,000 times faster than words and that 90% of the data we process is visual. It's clear. Our brain speaks in the language of pictures. 
You can use this fact to your advantage by deliberately converting information into visual data that is much easier to perceive, process, store, and retrieve, i.e., to learn. Let's say you want to memorize a complicated series of political events for a history exam. The written dates and their corresponding events are tough to remember. Instead, you could lay the info visually. Draw a cartoon with the crucial events. The funnier and more bizarre, the better and put them in chronological sequence. It's far easier to remember which thing came first when you can visually recall their position. Chapter 5. Exam Day Strategies Have a plan. Come prepared. When you study, you need a plan. And when you turn up on the day to write your exam, you definitely need a plan. This is especially true if you're one of those people who genuinely understands their work, yet somehow their grades never truly reflect it. Running out of time, freezing, and forgetting everything you know, or wasting too much time on the wrong question, all these mistakes can throw all your hard work out the window and leave you with a bad grade. You need a strategy. We'll outline one here, but remember that it's up to you to tweak and refine it to best match your needs with your particular study situation. Step 1. Prepare. If you've been diligently planning a study schedule and sticking to it, you'll naturally feel ready and less stressed. No matter how tempting it seems, don't cram the day before. In fact, go easy and spend the day revising and getting in the right frame of mind. Get a good night's sleep, eat well, stay hydrated, and make sure that everything is lined up to run smoothly, i.e., you've set your alarm, laid out your clothing for the day, you know where you're going and what time, and have packed a bag with everything you need. Before an exam, you need to relax. And to do this, you need to make sure you have everything you need and won't be rushed or distracted. Step 2. Read well and orient. Okay, take a deep breath. Here's the paper. First, just read through it, front to back. If you've done plenty of practice or past papers, you'll probably recognize the format as well as the content. That's great, but try to avoid making assumptions and read the damn question. This is important. You'll forget it in the heat of the moment, but consciously remind This has been the Study Skills Handbook, How to Ace Tests, Get Straight A's, and Succeed in School. Written by Peter Hollins, narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2021 by Peter Hollins. Production copyright by Peter Hollins. To learn more about today's author or book, please visit Amazon.com or Audible.com. With an eclectic collection of water cooler knowledge, inspirational stories, and motivational thoughts from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Overwork Podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.